You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 54 with Katherine Jones. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, today we have author and travel enthusiast Katherine Jones on the show. I thought it would be great to bring on a mom who has traveled the world with her kids. I know it can seem very overwhelming to even think about traveling far with the kiddos, but Catherine shares with us how it creates bonding moments and how it gives perspective. She also gives us some travel tips and how they are able to do all of these amazing vacations on a middle-class budget without going into debt. So you guys, this is a two-part interview and this interview today, we are going to be focusing on the logistics of traveling and she's going to give us tips and advice. And part two, we'll be going over three of the amazing vacations she has gone on with her family. So you won't want to miss out on that as well. So I hope this show leaves you inspired to focus more on family experiences and traveling the world. Let's go to the show. Hey, you guys, before we jump into today's episode with Catherine, I just wanted to tell you about a special resource I have created just for you. It is called the Dream Achiever Vacation Planning Tool. So again, it's the Dream Achiever Vacation Planning Tool. And this is much bigger than just a tool. It's about making your dreams a reality when it comes to vacations. It will help you become intentional with making memories with your family and going to places you always dreamed of without going into debt. So have you ever thought about how many more summers you have until your kids go off to college? Well, you know, if they're in school, then you're usually only going on vacations in the summer. And so it's probably less time than you realize before they are out of the house. So what this tool does, it will help you uncover the vacations you and your family would love to go on, and it gives you the action steps to make those memories. So to learn more or purchase this amazing tool, all you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash vacation planning tool. So again, that's mominspiredshow.com forward slash vacation planning tool. And I also just wanted to touch base on sponsorships. You know, when you purchase things from sponsors from the show, including the vacation planning tool that I've created, you are supporting the show. So you are helping to keep the show going and it helps me to keep providing free quality content to you every week. So I just want to thank you in advance because it allows me to keep doing what I'm doing. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, Amber. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I love to start off every show with an icebreaker and I love to travel and I want to inspire other moms to travel as well. So I love asking people their favorite vacation destinations. What would you say your favorite vacation spot has been to go to? And it can be with or without kids. That's a great question. One of our favorite spots is pretty close to home. And it's it's just an easy ferry ride from Seattle where we live. And we go up to Victoria, British Columbia. And we just love Victoria because it's a little bit of old world charm. Uh, it is pretty touristy. That's my caveat. But we just have had a lot of fun there, both as a couple and so before kids and with the kids as well. It's very family friendly and 
it's a it's a fun little escape when you don't want to spend a whole lot or go for very long. So that's yeah. one of our favorite spots. Yeah, that's on my list. Yeah, uh, that in Vancouver. So, um, how long does it take you to get from Seattle to Victoria? Oh, it's been a little while, but I would say about an hour on the ferry. Oh, that's not bad at all. No. Yeah, that sounds like a fun a fun little getaway to be able to do. So, well, let's get started. Um, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, your name, where you're from? Well, you just told us you're from Seattle. So how many kids you have and how you got to where you are today? Okay. My husband and I have been married for 27 years and we have two children. They're both teenagers. And um, let's see how I got where I am today. Well, I'm a writer and uh, I began freelancing and then I turned my hand to fiction. My first book just released actually uh, earlier this month. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, so in, in that, my husband and I also just really have always loved to travel. And uh, this is something we are trying to infect our children with as well. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. What is the title of your book? It's called Her Memory of Music. It's a novel. It's Christian fiction. And um, it's, it's women's fiction as well. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, you know, I wanted to let everyone know that the reason I brought you on the show today is because I love travel so much and I know that you love traveling so much. And I Mm -hmm. really know that I know that so many moms want to travel, but they're very reluctant when it comes to going on vacation, especially with small kids. And so I love that you've traveled so much with your kids. And this is why I thought it would be so great for you to come on the show today so I could pick your brain. So how about we jump into the show and you share with us your why when it comes to traveling with your kids? So we have found that travel just really expands who we are. That is one of the main reasons that we love to travel, both uh, why we traveled as a couple and now with our family. Of course, we want to uh, breed in them the same kind of values and appreciation for travel and what that can bring to the table. So we we find that it expands our thinking and it allows us to really value and appreciate the beauty of other countries and cultures. And this is important as well as our own. I think it is so easy for us as Americans. We have such a huge country to appreciate and there's so much to appreciate here, but we can kind of get insulated and isolated and we can and so there's a danger both ways of failing to appreciate what's outside our borders but also we we start taking for granted what we have here at home and once you step foot outside our country for just a week you start to appreciate what we have and value it and as well as what other places in the world have to offer their cultures their people I think it was Mark Twain who said, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And that goes for both abroad and, as I say, back here at home. So that is probably the chief, our biggest why. Kind of along those lines, uh, travel also gives perspective. Um, Once you travel a little bit, you realize how, for example, we Americans tend to live very big We have a big country. We have 
a lot of room for cars and roads and buildings and houses. And so much of the, the other people in the world do not have that kind of space. And so that just gives you a perspective as to what we have here. Um, another thing that we like is the way that travel really levels our family playing field. When we travel as a family, we are exploring and doing things together for the first time, all of us, not just mom and dad, but all of us. It kind of puts us on common ground. And I, I don't mean to say that parents shouldn't have um, the right kind of authority or anything like that in a family. I'm just saying that when the kids are part of doing something along with us, then that empowers them and gives them a confidence and a voice that they may not otherwise get to live out. And that's just really fun to see that coming alive in the kids. Uh, travel also provides bonding moments. Crises make for the best stories. Um, it's always fun to be having fun, but it's when things go wrong that you really grow together as a family. And travel, uh, that's just the nature of it. You cannot plan for everything. So there are going to be unexpected things that happen and how you handle that as a family, that can really draw a family together. Yeah. So one thing that stood out to me, I really like that you said that it's, it's a level playing field. Yeah. And I didn't really think about that before that, especially if it's, uh, you know, a place that you've never gone to um, mm -hmm. without the kids and that you're exploring it for the first time and just really getting to know that area that you guys are all doing it at the same time. So I think that's really cool. And then I was just going to ask you, is there a crisis that you've thought of that you thought of when you said that, like that stands out to you <laughs> that, you know, everyone can maybe benefit hearing, you know, because I think that is mm -hmm. what's really scary uh, for mm -hmm. moms that they're just like, oh, like, you know, it's just, it's hard to have small kids even when you're at home, right? To just manage all right. of that. And then you're going to add all these unknown things to a situation yeah. by traveling. Um, is there one thing that you noticed that, wow, that crisis, you know, that really was hard, but man, that, that, you know, there's a silver lining to it. Is there something that stands out to you? Sure. In fact, I uh, the story that just popped into my head kind of brings in both the leveling the playing field idea and the crises as a bonding family moment there. Uh, when we were in Italy this past summer, one of the weeks that we were there, we rented a car in Tuscany and, and we drove around. We kind of day tripped out my husband is a fearless driver in other countries. He has no problem hopping behind the wheel, whether it's uh, driving on the left or whatever. He, he, he's great. He's a great driver. I am not a great navigator. I just, I'm not good at it. I don't like it. I don't feel confident in it. So it's not, unfortunately for him, it's not a great match. So one time in Italy, we were, uh, driving around, we were trying to get to Luca, I believe, which is a walled city. And we got lost. And I was just at my wits end. So my son, who is uh, just turned 16, he turned 16 while we were there, actually. And he has been learning to drive here at home. And, and we decided, Jack, why don't you do the navigating? So we switched places. He hopped in the passenger seat up front. And he navigated 
us out of that predicament. So, you know, when you're, when you're lost, when you're in an unfamiliar place and, and all of this, it can get very tense. It was very tense in that little car for a while because mom was not pulling her weight very well. And dad <laughs> was trying really hard to be patient. And then when we switched places, Jack brought his skills. He's much better at this than I am. So he brought his skills to the table, got us out of the mess, and we were on our way. So that's so awesome. That's so great that he was able to, you know, um, contribute to the vacation in a different way than just, you know, being the child. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Well, and you know, I, I bet there's a lot of us that are thinking, you know, sure, we would love to go and travel and we really want to make these memories with our families, but how Mm -hmm. do you go about it? Like, how do you do these amazing vacations? So can you share with us how you guys go about saving for these trips and Mm -hmm. any suggestions that you have for others to do the same? Oh, absolutely. Because this is, this is the number one question that people have is how do you do this? And I want to say that we, we are a middle-class family and the, the, the difference is we make world travel a priority. So we are always saving for it. Um, I would say at the top that it can be not as expensive as you think. It can be as expensive as you like, but it doesn't have to be as expensive as you think. And the most expensive part is airfare. So, you know, if you can find a way to get that down, buy well ahead, whatever tricks everyone has in their bag about buying low airfare, then that, of course, is a big help. But that is the biggest piece right there. And after that would be lodging. Lodging isn't as expensive. If you go with alternatives like a rented apartment, which is highly recommended for family travel, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but a rented apartment's a great way to go. And also staying outside of the big cities, your most expensive places to stay are going to be in the cities. So if you can vary those things a bit, then you won't be paying nearly as much. Um, Buying a or renting an apartment also lets families shop at the local markets. And usually it comes with a kitchen. So you're doing a little more meal prep, but that's so much more economical. And food in other countries with a few exceptions in Europe, food in other countries, I would just expenses in other countries are so much less. Actually, I, I had a little bit of culture shock last time it reverse culture shock when after we were traveling this past summer, and we came back home and I was like, everything is so expensive here. And so usually when you step outside the country, it's a lot less expensive to, to live. And so you can bring down your, you can live very economically for a few weeks if you're doing your own shopping and that sort of thing, cooking. Um, Another thing to consider when you're traveling is, is there someone you can stay with? If, If you have a friend or a relative or anyone that can put you up for a little bit, usually people are so glad to have a visitor for a while and you don't want to overstay your welcome, of course, but If you have someone who can host you, then obviously that cuts down on your expenses quite a bit. And um, then before I get into actually ways to save, I wanted to say that another big thing to think about is where, where do you want to go for the experience you want? 
we live on the West Coast. Everyone is always going to Hawaii for their tropical experience, but you can spend six days in Maui or you can spend three weeks in Thailand for this, you know, about the same amount. You, you would pay more for airfare, like I say. That's the big piece. But once you get there, it's just nothing to stay for a while. And you get this amazing tropical experience. So consider what kind of experience you want and where you could go for that. Another example would be if you want a jungle experience, what about Costa Rica? That's not a very long flight for most people in the States. And that would get you a jungle experience at a pretty good price. I was going to ask you about Costa Rica because I was literally just talking to my friend um, yesterday and she was saying that she was trying to figure out a few places and Costa Rica keeps standing out to her because you can do the whole, you know, jungle experience. So you can do things that are kind of active, but you can also relax. Um, do you have any recommendations on where, like what area to stay in Costa Rica? I don't actually, because uh, we haven't, that is on our to, to do list. Oh, it yes. is. Okay. We haven't, yeah, we haven't actually been there, but that is, we're hoping in two years to go there. <laughs> so what, um, and we'll go into this a little bit more, but how, what made you decide to pick Costa Rica? Like what, why, why is that making your list? You know what? Probably the same reasons that it's on your radar. People are just starting to talk about, I think, recognize it uh, as an option. And I heard it from, I know of two people that I can think of just off the top of my head who have now been there and recommend it as that kind of an experience. So, yeah. Do, do they like it because they can do active things as well as relaxing? Mm -hmm. Is that what you feel exactly. like? Exactly. Yep. And I yep. didn't realize it was um, less expensive. I, and I don't, and I don't know how long the flights are to there. Do you have any idea yeah. from, from where I you don't. live? No. Okay. No, I don't. But, uh, you know, you're not, another thing is that you're not crossing a lot of time zones. You, you may still have right. uh, several hours in the air, but you're not yeah. crossing time zones. And so that helps. Yeah. Unlike Thailand, you know, which does right. sound amazing. <laughs> I can't remember. Have you been to Thailand? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So since that's not going to be, um, on the next episode, would you like to share with us what you really loved about Thailand? And sure. um, did you stay in a hotel or did you stay in an apartment or of some kind? We did stay in a hotel there. Our, we did uh, a Southeast Asia tour. And so we were only a few days in each spot, which goes against one of my other recommendations, <laughs> which I'll get to in a little bit. But I, I usually recommend not hopping like that. But that was the nature of this one. So we uh, we stayed in a hotel that was reasonable, and um, it was in the city. But Thailand is just uh, you can the American can get a lot of bang for her buck in Thailand. Um, one of my favorite things there was getting massages, which I never do anywhere else because they're usually just way <laughs> way too expensive, but. In Thailand, you can get a, an hour massage for like $15 or something like that. So Wow, that's amazing. Uh, that, yeah, that's one thing I like. The, the, the water fun, there are pools in every hotel that you're going to stay in, or you can go to the beach. You also have the jungle experience there. So there's just a lot. And plus, oh, um, the... The cultural aspect, too. Of course, Thailand is officially a Buddhist country. And so that is 
if you want to have an, be exposed to another one of the world's religions, that's a great place to go to learn a lot about it and just be, be fascinated by, by that. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I, I, I've seen pictures of Thailand and it's gorgeous. And I know people that travel to Thailand. Uh, I just think that it's, it isn't on the radar, you know, like you were saying. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a great option. Um, did we want to circle back to more of the, how, um, you were saving and stuff like that saving. for each trip? Yes, absolutely. So we, uh, we are Christians and, it is very important to us when it comes to money matters that tithing comes first. And I say that because I I really believe that God has honored our decision to put our tithing first by expanding our dollar elsewhere. And so we would never save for a vacation before we did our tithing and our and be as generous as we can and other giving. So I, I just feel it's important to say that off the top. And then after that, it's really all about priorities and choice. What, what are you choosing to spend your money on? We drive used cars and we drive them until we can't. And, uh, then we buy another used car. We don't have a lot of gadgets around the house. That's just not important to us. We haven't, We've lived in the same house. I know some people don't have that luxury of living in the same house for a long time. We've lived here since just shortly after our 16-year-old son was born. So we haven't had to do the expense of moving and all that. But we also haven't done, we haven't remodeled anything. We do just the modest maintenance that's required. We bargain shop where we can. So it's these kinds of choices that we're making on a daily basis that allow us to be always saving for our next trip. Hey, you guys, before Catherine jumps into how her family can afford these amazing trips on a middle-class income, I want to remind you about the vacation planning tool. This will allow for you to plan future vacations you want to go on just like Catherine and not go into debt. So if you've ever wondered how people go about planning for amazing, epic vacations and how do they save for them, then you won't want to miss out on this amazing tool. So to learn more, all you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash vacation planning tool. Now let's get back to Catherine sharing her traveling tips. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, people who know me, they know, you know, we don't have, uh, so my kitchen, I always joke, you know, that I always want to update my kitchen, but then the money is being funded into vacations because, you know, some people can do both and that's awesome. Um, but for us, it's like, ah, uh, do I want it? I mean, the kitchen isn't ugly. I mean, our house is only 11 years old, but it's definitely not what I would have picked if I would have built this house and we bought a spec home. And, um, so I totally get what you're saying that, you know, the money just is being funded into traveling versus changing up the kitchen or whatever. And, some people may want to just do the house stuff and not want to do the travel and and that's totally fine. But I do think it's a good point to mention because I think it's easy to think that someone is doing everything, right? When really that isn't what, that's not what's right. happening. And so- That's exactly right. Right. And so um, I'm glad that you pointed all those things out. I wanted to jump into traveling with kids at a certain age because I know that you've traveled with them when they're young. You just said that they were teenagers. Um, so can you share with us what you've learned with traveling with your kids and have you found a sweet spot in regards to the best time to travel? 
Oh, I love that question. And we have found a sweet spot and we didn't really recognize it actually until we were <laughs> out of it. So, so this is why I want to tell people there is a sweet spot, at least there was for us and what I ha have seen in other families there is as well. And so I just encourage other families not to miss that sweet spot. And we, uh, let me just put this uh, frame it a little bit in some context. We started our first trip that we took internationally with our kids. Uh, our daughter was not quite two and our son was four. And so two and four is our first trip. And then they are now 13 and 16. And what we found in the middle there right about when they were tweeners, when our daughter was 10 and Jack was uh, 13. So I guess he was a teenager, but right in that nine to, I would say 14 age span is what we found to be our sweet spot because our kids were old enough to have legs that would carry them wherever they needed to go. They were sturdy enough to carry their own backpacks, handle their own luggage, independent enough to take care of their own needs as we travel, take care of their, uh, you know, keeping their luggage straight, packed and all of that sort of thing. But, and this is where we realized when we were out of that sweet spot, they were still young enough to be very compliant and just agreeable to whatever mom and dad had planned. What we have found on our last trip as they are fully full on teenagers now is they have opinions and their opinions don't always match ours. And so sometimes now we have the added responsibility as parents when we travel of negotiating uh, among the four of us what we want to do. And we can't always just plan straight out what what mom and dad think are best. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of people would assume you know what, let's just wait till the kids are teenagers and then we're going to go do these really big trips, which I do think there's pros and cons. And we're going to talk about that in the next interview um, in the specific trips. Um, but you do kind of forget about that, that they may not want to do that. So in the past, when they're younger, you're pretty, they're just pretty much doing what you're saying, you know, and they don't know any different, right? So they're just kind of like, oh, this is what we're doing on this trip because that's just what is happening. And so they don't even think to go, Oh, well, why aren't we going here? I mean, you know, if you're at Disney World and, and, and you're not going five days, you know, and you're doing only three, you may have a child say, why aren't we going more? You know, things like that, but not what you're referring to. So that is really good to know that, you know, between nine and 14 may be a little bit easier, you know, than the other stages. So um, this this leads me next into the the question of packing, because you're talking about them carrying their own stuff, you know, and being able to do that. And <clears throat> I know it's challenging when traveling overseas, and it can be so daunting to pack, especially if you have a family. So I'd love to hear your packing tips, especially, especially when they're little. And then also, I'm just curious if you guys are light packers or do you tend to overpack? And, you know, I know with Europe, you have to carry your luggage possibly upstairs and stuff like that. So I'd love for you to share with us your experience and what you've learned with all of this. So let's see, packing a couple of things. One is we have found it best for each person in the family to have his or her own piece of luggage and carry on size. And, you know, individuals can research what 
what size of carry-on they want. When I say carry-on, we rarely actually carry-on. We almost always check our luggage, especially when we're traveling traveling internationally. It's just it's a little harder with all the liquid restrictions and that sort of thing to travel to uh, carry on, I find. So anyway, I just want to say that even when I'm saying carry on, we check our luggage typically. Um, So every person should have their own carry on size piece of luggage for their own stuff. Uh, And then in addition to that, a backpack or a personal item for the plane and just carrying their own uh, toys and what they want or um, devices, whatever they want on hand. So um, one piece of luggage per person, one good, and we do pack light. We, uh, in fact, I remember the last time we were in Asia, we were visiting a friend there and she was amazed at how light our family packed. And she said, especially for Americans, that's rare, but I'm here to say it can be done. And what, how we pack is that uh, we pack enough clothing to last us a week, one week. So basically seven, maybe eight, if you want to count the clothes that you're wearing when you board the plane. Uh, So basically seven outfits that you just recycle no matter how long you go. We typically travel either two or three weeks when we're gone. So, um, you know, you find a way to wash clothes, find a laundry facility halfway through, whatever you have to do, but enough clothing to last one week. Another trick is to pack like colors. And how I do that is I start with my shoes. I decide what color of shoes I'm wearing, black or brown, you know, one of a variation on those. And I build up from there. So if I'm choosing to go with black shoes for this trip, then all of my clothing will be able to match with black in some way. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I was thinking to myself, how many shoes do you tend to bring? Another good question. Well, it depends on where we're going. But one reason I love traveling in the summertime, which has its disadvantages uh, for crowds, but you can pack so much lighter in the summertime. Right. And yeah, and starting with your shoes. So unless I know I'm going to need some kind of sturdy footwear for a hike or a walk or something like that. I just pack sandals in the summertime and, and uh, the last couple of trips, just two pairs just to alternate. So did you not bring tennis shoes to Italy to walk around? I, I did not to walk around, but we knew that we were likely to hike Mount Vesuvius. And there was another, when we uh, stayed on the coast, there was a hike that required tennis shoes. So I did pack some very, uh, low profile sneakers mm, okay. for that. Yeah. But that was the only time I wore that, those. Yeah. Cause yeah, I think I, that's hard because tennis shoes can be bulky. And bulky. so, but then uh, I find that sometimes, you know, you're really wishing you brought tennis shoes. If you have other types of shoes that are just not feeling so great after so much mm-hmm. walking. So I feel like mm-hmm. that's the hard part. Um, but, um, I was just going to have you go back to, you were saying like, you try to pack same colors. So like if you have black shoes, so you're probably having more clothing that is, has black mm-hmm. in it. And, and so I wanted you to be able to finish what you were saying there. Oh, sure. So, um, you know, when, uh, when you are packing 
the same color scheme, then you can do mix and match really easily. And so you can still have a variety, but keep the quantity really low. So say, you know, black pair of black capris or something that I can wear three tops with and that sort of thing. So it just keeps it all together and I mean, personally, I like to know that I'm looking fairly nice for all the pictures that are going to be souvenirs that I'm bringing home. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I don't want to be dressing like a slouch when I'm on vacation. And I think uh, coordinating a little bit like that how, helps. Now, let me ask you, because of all the toiletries and stuff like that, I feel like that's already limiting to begin with. Um, have you figured out a way, you know, to bring all your stuff, you know, all your toiletry stuff, because to me, I feel like that takes up a big chunk in my mm-hmm. suitcase is, you know, your moisturizers, your hair stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, okay. And then a hairdryer, like, can you even use a hairdryer or do you have to get a certain mm-hmm. adapter? Like, how do you, mm-hmm. what do you do with that oh, sure. stuff? Well, I never bring a hairdryer anymore. Everywhere, all over the world, there's a hairdryer provided. So you never need to bring, you never need to pack a hairdryer anymore unless unless you want some special attachment, like, uh, I guess if you have curly hair, yeah, then which I do. A diffuser, I have a diffuser. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so pack your diffuser because they don't have those. Um, but hair dryers everywhere. Um, as for toiletries and actually let, let me add this in here. Cause this kind of goes along with it, especially with as a mom packing for family travel, mm-hmm. I'm always responsible for all the medicinal pieces and that, Mm -hmm. that adds bulk. And yet I would not leave it behind. Right. Yep. So, so um, whose suitcase does that go into? You know, I usually put it in one of my kids just because they usually have a little more space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more space. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. But I try to keep that to just a kind of a, a generous size cosmetic bag and uh, and so I try to fit all the toilet or rather the medicinals that I can in there. And I've never regretted what I've carried in my medicine bag. Oh, so yeah. mm-hmm. th- things like, you know, just all the basics, Tylenol, yeah. Band-Aids, all that. If I mean, pack what you can. And this, again, is why we check our luggage when we travel, uh, travel internationally, because then we just don't have to worry about any fluids or anything like that right. that might be, be thrown over. out, right? That you need. Yeah. Now let me yep. ask you: With um, have you ever lost, lu- gotten your luggage lost? Because that always concerns me. With mm-hmm. you know, um, putting it in the belly of the plane that you get there mm-hmm. and then they can't find it. You have to wait. So has that ever happened to you, especially with all the traveling mm-hmm. you've done? Mm-hmm. We haven't lost it for good, but we have had it not catch up to us. Right. So what happens? Yeah. So what, what is well, your suggestion with that then? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I should say it, it did catch up with us eventually, but it, we had to go a few days uh, without it. And that was on a trip when we actually pretty much knew it was going to happen because mm. <laughs> when we got, yeah, it was when we were flying out from Seattle, our flight was delayed an hour uh, right there at the start. And, and here is a mistake that I made once and never again, I made our layover time too short. Oh I, yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
And so I would actually recommend if you're traveling internationally, while it's not a whole lot of fun to wait around in an airport, I wouldn't ever do any less minimum, minimum two hours layover. (gasps) Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Would you even do that going to the Caribbean? Because you know, there's a lot of times that you have to pick up. So from here, if you're trying to go to the Caribbean, you'll probably have mm-hmm. to go through Atlanta or mm-hmm. Miami area. So what's yeah. your thoughts on that? You know, I wouldn't. I, I would just say any layover, I would make minimum two oh, hours. Wow, that's good to know. Because, yeah, yeah it, it's typical. It's not uncommon to be delayed oh, an yes. hour, right? Right. And then and, you miss that. And then, yeah, yep. it's just a domino effect. And so that's what happened to us. We were an, just one little hour late and oh, that man. cascaded all the way down. And so our luggage went, landed somewhere else. We had to go else anyway. Oh, no. So it took days for it to catch up with us, but it did. It did. And then I hugged my suitcase when I saw it again. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So, um, so we're getting close to the end, but I wanted to just finish up on the packing question. Um, do you pack stuff in your carry-on so that if you do have your stuff go, go missing, mm-hmm. that you at least have, you know, underwear and mm-hmm. like, if you have contacts, like, I mean, mm-hmm. you need maybe contact solution. So is there something that you're like, this is what we always have on us mm-hmm. at all times? Right. Well, first of all, I would say if, if the, if your luggage does go astray, then your, your airline will, it should anyway, I will say it will assume responsibility for that. And it will at least give you a little, uh, toiletries mm, packet okay. with some basics. And when this happened for us, it actually came with a, a extra large white t-shirt in each of ours. So we had something oh, to sleep in. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't guarantee that every airline yeah, will do that. Right. But this one did. <laughs> So you won't be missing the very end. Hotels are good about giving you your basics. So I wouldn't worry too much about mm. toiletries except for medicines and yeah. if you, you know, contact stuff, whatever, that sort of thing. Or if you but, are staying in an apartment, though, they may not have that where oh, a hotel would. That's true. Yeah. So to that's maybe true. think so about that. Would, yeah. But then if you're staying in an apartment, there's likely a convenience store close by. True. But yeah, exactly. But you may not be able to track it down. So yeah. that's something to consider. Um, yeah. So, you know, other, other things I would say, especially when you're considering traveling as a family, the last couple trips that we've gone on, we have actually bought travel insurance. And I know that might freak some people out because that's just some extra money you're spending up front, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's not that much. And if you buy, if you're planning this well in advance, the, the, the more time it is, the longer of time before you're, yeah less expensive it is. And it's just for a family of four. I mean, look at the fine print, look what you're buying, but it's only a couple of hundred dollars more and it's peace of mind times four or however many family members you're traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just cannot predict who's going to get sick. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. No. And you know, even with all the hurricanes coming through, right. I mean, Mm -hmm. how many, I know, I know one of my friends, their trip to the Caribbean got canceled, you know, so Mm -hmm. you just Mm -hmm. never know what's going to happen. And I'm always leery of that. But, you know, with having kids, you just kind of you just don't know what's going to happen, like if they got sick and stuff like that. So I think that's a good point. Um, But Catherine, as as we um, end the the show, um, I was going to ask you, do you have any other tips that you can give us 
um, that stand out to you. And I do want to say that with um, this is part one with Catherine, we're going to do part two and dive into uh, three destinations that she's gone to. And one of them, she had small kids the you know, almost two and four. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pick your brain a little bit more on packing for that mm-hmm. age range, since we didn't get to sure. kind of touch base on that. But do you, is there anything else that you um, can think of? Um, I don't know anything that's trending now yeah. or other tips um, as we close. Okay, sure. Uh, let's see. Well, first of all, I want to mention that Travel agencies are recognizing that more families are traveling now and they're trying to make a lot of their packages more family friendly. So if you're not the kind of person or family that that likes to plan all the details, uh, a lot of agencies are tilting your way to be able to help with uh, accommodating children and recognizing that that's what more people are wanting. And another just kind of Fun fact, I guess. I don't think it's a very fun fact, but uh, a statistic that I read just very recently, CNN reported this, that only 30% of Americans hold passports. 30%. Wow, that seems really low. But that also tells me, too, that... um, Either people don't want to travel or they can't afford it, right? And, um, you know, we just we renewed our passports and then we got the girls passports, which they're going to have to have new passports in five years because they're so young, which I'm like, Oh, like the price. I mean, I was just like, when, um, when you add up all the cost of, especially when you're doing them in a lump sum and then the processing fees, I mean, I was just like, Oh my gosh, like it's a lot. So I definitely want to say for people that if you are thinking of going on a trip, I would do this way in advance if you can, so that you don't feel pressured to pay the, um, the higher cost to do the um, expedited, oh, you know, yes. mailing. Okay, it, that just would add on even more, and totally. um, and just to kind of have that in your mind that it's going to cost. I mean, isn't it a hundred dollars? It's like a hundred dollars per person. I think it's cheaper. It is. It's slightly mm-hmm. under a hundred for the kids. I mean, you're walking out four hundred plus. So um, mm-hmm. this is probably why people probably don't have passports. But this is just something to think about. Like, make that a savings goal that you want to have your Absolutely. passports ready to go. For us. So we're from Michigan and Windsor is literally right across. We no longer can go without a passport. And so um, we have friends there and I'm thinking, wow, if we don't have passports, we can't ever go there where that never was a problem before you could just go Mm -hmm. back and forth. So in in a way I can see why it's still shocking to me, especially for how many people travel for business Mm -hmm. that is 30%. But um, Mm -hmm. I think too, Mm -hmm. it's just something that, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of those things that you just don't want to do. Right. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. You got to fill out the forms. It's one of those things that you just keep pushing off. Yeah. And you just Mm -hmm. keep pushing off. You got to go get the picture and um, which I would highly recommend if you have a Costco and Sam's probably does the same, but Costco does pictures and um, they're made for the passports. And so, and you get extra pictures and it's really cheap. It's probably like, I don't know, less than $8 per person. Yeah. Um, so that's just an option. But I think there's just so many steps with um, the passports. I think people just are kind of like, this is daunting in itself. I don't want to do it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, and, and there's one thing that uh, families should know, and that is when you're applying for a child's passport, if the child is, I think it's under 16 16, I think both parents yes. have to be both parents physically have to be there. present. Yes. Yep. You can't just send and one that's person. A pain. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, it is. I mean, you have, right. So again, you have to, 
you have to be very intentional and think about it yeah. and, and both be there. So yeah, that yeah. is, that is, um, a challenging thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you have any more tips, uh, if not, um, we'll wrap it up and then, so we can move on to part two. Uh, does anything else stand out to you before we close? I would just say one more thing sure. about, uh, when the last couple of trips we've taken internationally, we've thought about getting a, a SIM card for our phone so that we can use them to make phone calls and so forth. This And oh, we never have. Okay. We've managed to get by mm. without them. But this last trip, what we did is we, lied, we, we relied a lot on WhatsApp. Are you familiar with no, that? No, no. So it's called it, WhatsApp? WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Like, so is it W-A-T-S-A-P-P? Mm-hmm. Okay, so W-H... A-T-S app. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. One word. And it's a lot more common in other countries, at least in Europe. Well, actually, when we were traveling in Asia, we found it a lot there too. And we're finding even some companies are um, available on WhatsApp. The trick with WhatsApp is it's Wi-Fi. It's Wi-Fi based. So you have to be within Wi-Fi range. But when you're traveling, most places these days have Wi-Fi. And so... We have been able to stay in touch with the key people that we've needed to back home, you know, the the house sitter, the pet sitter, whatever. Um, We can just WhatsApp with them and unplug from everyone else, which is also an advantage. And and then also, if you're visiting someone there or whatever, you can make arrangements to connect on WhatsApp and then you don't have to pay for a SIM card and WhatsApp's free. Oh, that's great. Okay. That's really cool. So as we wrap up, Catherine, where can people find you? I don't know if you have a social media or website for your books. Mm -hmm. Um, If you do, I would love for you to share that with everyone. Mm. Sure. Well, uh, my my main place is my website, which is catherinescottjones.com. And I'm on... Instagram and I haven't updated Instagram lately. My latest pictures are actually of our Italy trip, but um, I'm there and I'm other places, but my home base is my website. So people can find all the other ways to connect with me there. Awesome. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to chat with you on part two of this interview where we'll be talking about traveling to England, South Africa, and Italy with your family. I can't wait. Thanks, Amber. Isn't it amazing the trips Catherine has been able to take? Well, I want to give you that same opportunity to make memories with your family with the vacation planning tool. Again, to learn more or purchase the tool, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash vacation planning tool. Well, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and make sure to listen to part two in a couple weeks. See you next time.